Hello, beautiful people! <laughs> Episode number five, I believe. I keep saying wrong numbers, but let's say this is the fifth one. If you just tune in and you have no idea what's happening, what is going on, you're tuned in to Space to Elevate. My name is Ella Papier, and here we have a platform for creatives um, to talk about the journey, to talk about good and bad, to have a little food for thought. And, you know, we're all in this together. So this is the way that we can maybe get some inspiration, maybe get some help, maybe just get something that's going to keep us motivated and keep going. So we're back with interviews. Today, my guest had the shortest journey to get to the living room because it's also her living room. I live here, guys. (laughs) So today, my guest is Gabby. Um, And me and Gabby met, I believe, two or three years ago when we both joined the In The House Mentorship. So we trained together for quite um, quite a long time. And then we moved in together for quite a long time. We moved in together last year. And I really wanted to invite Gabby here because she has a very interesting journey. Um, I think it's something a little bit different to what we've been talking about here so far. So I think it will be nice for you listeners and viewers to maybe hear a different side of the dancer world and what is more there to do about dance and just different ways to go about it. So I invited Gabby to come to the living room, <laughs> sit down with me and tell me and you a little bit, but a little bit about her journey. So, hello. Hi. <laughs> I would like to firstly maybe... Um, Actually, let me ask this question. Go on. For people who don't know you, how would you describe yourself? Who is Gabby? Human. Yes. <laughs> no, like, um, if I introduce myself professionally, like, even in different settings, I always say that I am doing a million and one different things, I guess. And I'm still at this point where it's hard for me to pinpoint what is my main thing. Um, I always say that I am a producer, facilitator, creative. Um, I wear many different hats in the dance world, in the dance industry. Um, and yeah, mainly working within dance. Beautiful. We love many hats. I definitely understand. Why? <laughs> I'm definitely on the same vibe. So um, when did you decide to move to London? What made you do that step? Because uh, Gabby is originally from Lithuania. And what made you do this leap? Like... I I wanted to study dance and in my country it is possible but I think it's like going more through the lens of like classical dance and classical training which I never had come from hip-hop world everyone um, and I started dancing very late I was like 12 or 13 and um, so basically I was a lost case in everyone's eyes everyone was like she dancing going to study dance what a loss <laughs> you know and um and i was like yeah watch me <laughs> so i i just had to go abroad like that was the only that was the only option that i saw as viable um to make things happen and to do what i wanted to do um and at that point i was just like uk is the only place just because everyone here speaks in english and i was like i cannot learn another language <laughs> on top of the languages that i was learning already so I was like, UK it is. Um, and I spent three years studying at Guildford School of Acting slash Surrey and um, BA Dance. Yeah, um, <laughs> more about that soon. If anyone asks, 
don't. Um, okay, stop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we want to no. know. <laughs> no, like I think I I generally think when I was choosing my path as like a very young adult, I was like only 18 at that point making a big decision and you need to make that decision i i believe like people who came from abroad to study here will know that you need to start thinking about it two years before you go you need to start applying passing some language tests like proving your grades because it's a very different system so you need to know in advance like how you're moving where you're moving and make sure that everything is prepared right so like this decision was made when i was like 16 and Okay. Now, looking back, I'm a little bit like, I think it wasn't fully clear what my degree is about. And I think many of my, like even people who are not from abroad, even people who are from the UK, they came into a university hoping to study a lot of dance, right? And many of whom wanted to become performers. And then they realized that it's like not a place for that. And I, I just think mm-hmm. that it wasn't fully communicated. Um, and I, yeah, like now I know, now I'm like, you want to be a performer, go to a conservatoire, you know, okay. or like you're going to do a theoretical degree. Well, if you go to a university, you will do a lot of research, which can be physical, but it's, it's, it's a degree. Like you're, you're studying. You're okay, so your, your school was more, theoretical you would say or I think half and half but like but I think people had ideas that they can still leave this degree and and I'm not saying that people cannot be performers but what I'm saying is the degree itself didn't give enough physical practice for someone to have the right stamina and right requirements to like fit in the industry because Mm -hmm. the standards is high competition is huge Mm. right we all know we all know right so so i think yeah i think we were just a bunch of like very young kids and many of whom dropped out and like went somewhere else um and many of those who graduated they they have they are still working within the dance industry but i think we took on very different roles from what we initially imagined and Mm -hmm. by the way i was never planning to be a performer i don't really like I have a strange relationship with stage. I don't really like being on stage. Um, interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. So, so for me, it was always it was dance. I'm like driven by it, interested in it, love observing it. But yeah, I have. I'm still like discovering where I sit the best. I guess. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So, so that's who would how you I say that that school that you did? Who would you say would be the best for? So that degree is actually now gone. Like they're not oh. <laughs> doing it anymore. So when I was graduating, they told everyone that they are gonna make that degree disappear. Basically, they're not taking more applications or more. Um, so they told you students. that while you were there. Like when when I was graduating, I found out. <laughs> like it was it was actually a really good degree in a sense that it was the only like I think not the only one, but I think one of a very few degrees where they actually cared about like your body embodying a dance form and like your body taking the dance form and Mm -hmm. not coming to you and saying your body must do these things because this is a form so it's called somatic practice so they were working from the body to see like how the form sits on it rather than the other way around which Mm -hmm. we usually know which is like push your body like be horrible to yourself like sprain your joints you know like do all of that to like achieve what we want to Mm -hmm. see and 
they didn't work for that and I, I really respected that because I didn't have classical training before I came to university so for me it was like another roller coaster of a journey um, but yeah so for whom it would be the best I think there are quite many people actually right now in the dance industry who work in facilitator, producer, lecturer, da 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 type of roles who actually I found out are from Surrey, you okay. know, and I was like, yo, because like the lecturers we had inspirational, okay. beautiful, like uh, a few of them seriously, like inspired me to do so much and, and actually supported me in what I was passionate about, which was hip hop. I was the only like hip-hop head in the course and and it sometimes felt strange but it felt so amazing to be like encouraged to do what i was like interested in um and i really really respect them for that so i'm not saying don't do the course you cannot do the course so of course you won't but what i'm saying is like before jumping and like signing for three years of doing something just know very well where you're going into Mm. and i think like i was understanding that while being there and because I commit to things and I finish things, I finish this one, um, and I'm glad, but I wouldn't do it again. Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, this is always interesting for me because I've never obviously done any course or any school, uh, any dance schools. Mm. So how did you feel for three years being committed to that place and that education? Um, you know, I think I was, I was a little bit unconscious about my existence at that point Mm -hmm. like I was I was very clear like these are my goals and this is what I'm gonna do and and I didn't question anything Mm -hmm. a lot um so I think I I enjoyed it because there was space for me to do the things that I wanted to do so for example like in in third year I was um co-running like a dance company with one of my course mates we were the artistic directors and stuff and we were able to produce like an evening length show and we were able to like direct people and work with very amazing individuals and dancers it was called actual size dance company um and it was it was dope like there was space for me to like find the you know my Mm -hmm. little pots of happiness and and i received the support so like for that i think um it kept me going like the creative Mm -hmm. part and like the directing part and and then I was able to deal with like the amount of like information that I had to read, books that I had to read, articles like. Yeah. And let's be real, as a foreigner, I don't know if anyone has the same experience, but when you're reading those like scholarly research articles, honestly, guys, for first year and a half, I couldn't even understand what I'm reading. I'm like I have so much respect for you for doing I'm that like, because I couldn't even imagine. No, it's ridiculous. <laughs> like it's ridiculous. Like the amount of like very small words that people use to just explain the most basic stuff ever. I was just like, uh, this is long, <laughs> you know. And I was like, I signed up for a dance. What is this madness? It's but, like you have to le- read a long thing and then you have to read a long explanation of one word in this thing. <laughs> yo, yeah. Like I think the only thing that saved my life and made me had a good degree in university mm-hmm. was thesaurus <laughs> like mm. saved my ass nice <laughs> would you say that because you were there it kind of sparked your thinking about maybe becoming a producer or maybe doing stuff like this did they kind of mm, yeah i think influence i think the part where you have to handle like a lot of information and make things happen and i think that was mainly because of even extracurricular activities mm-hmm. that i was doing it was just generally like 
oh, you have the space and you have the people. Do you want to do anything? And I would be like, yeah. Uh, so it because I wanted to do something and because like I felt like we don't dance enough in our course, just like from my personal mm-hmm. perspective, I was like, it's not enough training. Um, so I we were just doing a lot of different things. And I think because we wanted to make things happen, we had to like count and do a budget and... Um, talk to certain people and write certain emails and it's funny because I didn't know how to write emails Mm -hmm. in the United Kingdom at that point Um, so I didn't know like all the language and and all of the phrases that people say I was just like wow these are long they're always checking like if I hope you're well I'm like why do they found you well yeah yeah I'm like no I'm not well (laughs) no but but that's the thing like those are the things that you learn and and you will see me doing them as well like if you I think you've seen some emails that I've sent Mm -hmm. um so so now yeah now it's now it seems easy and now I couldn't transfer in my own language like I couldn't write an email in Lithuanian like I have no clue how the phrasing works how like it's not that I cannot write it's just more like I don't have the it's not ingrained in me like how to chat with people via yeah. email in yeah, my own yeah, language. Yeah, yeah. Crazy, right? Um, nice. So yeah. So I think I think because of those experiences, I was a bit like I wasn't scared of organizing. So I think that came in yeah. through it. How do you, how did you feel when you graduated? What was the what was happening then? Um, I got my certificate. I almost fell off my heels when receiving it. I wore very high heels just because I was like, now or never. <laughs> and and yeah, never doing that again. Um, I felt good for like a day. Then I went on a little holiday. I felt good. And then I came back and I moved to London actually. So before my graduation, I moved to London. That was my choice. I was like, I was in Guildford, so just outside London. And I was like, okay, I'm... I'm going to go big, you know, go London. Um, and and then when I came back after that little holiday and I sat down and I was like, ah! <laughs> I was like, I don't know what's going to happen next in my life. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. What is next? What is next? Oh my God, I don't have a job. This is a very expensive city. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. So like that started, right? And I was like, oh my God, shut up. Like you will figure it out, you know, but... I panicked so much that like day and night I was looking for jobs and I was like, I was ready. Like I was was saying to myself, you will not go to do a job where there is like no creative practice. I was, I was just telling myself, come on, like you just graduated. It was three hard years. You cannot just like, you know, Mm -hmm. go, go and work somewhere that is not related to your degree. So I had this promise to myself and so, but I panicked, I panicked and I looked for jobs day and night and I applied to a million and one jobs. I, emailed so many agencies and because I'm like another white girl with blue eyes you know like no one really was interested and a recent graduate with no experience as well like many factors right no networks in the industry yet um so I was just like another person Mm -hmm. who doesn't know where they are and and don't know where to go first so so yeah, it was it was stress. It Did was... you find a job? Did you find a job? With yeah, after two partner? weeks. <laughs> yeah, after two weeks. Um, but I again, like I started working as a youth worker and as a dance facilitator in a youth zone in East London, um, which was really a really nice workplace, like really nice. But again, after some time, I realized okay, um, it's not for me. Yeah. And and it 
it took me a while because I wanted I wanted to do something more within the organization and then I got um, a maternity cover for like arts coordinator and it was really dope like um, doing that was really nice it was a lot of coordinating a lot of like budgeting a lot of many different activities happening at the same time like that building had like 200 mm -hmm. young people coming in every evening before corona um, and I was responsible for like music and media room arts room dance studio um, what else beauty room like there were so many things happening at the same time and so many um, teams I had to manage and many people on whose skill sets I depended so like because I am not a music specialist right I have no clue about beauty and like manicures and all of that jazz but I had an amazing team and yeah we were we were driving the awesome I really I really like what you said before about like I finished the degree and I panicked but I promised myself I'm gonna find a job that's a creative one yeah. And you did. And even if the surrounding was crazy and you sent a million emails, I could still manage to find that. That's really, really cool. And how did you, in that job when you were there, how did you manage to take care of yourself as a dancer as well within that time as well? I didn't. Mm -hmm. Like, I was, I was honestly, I was overwhelmed because I, I took a full-time job and I was still freelancing, um, supporting some creative companies with like admin support and I was overworked I was tired I was also trying to train at the same time so like that's for example why I was like always late to things because I was traveling from far away I lived in zone five it was it was far man um and and it was just everything seemed like a mess but at the same time I felt like I must keep going with all of that that I was doing but again this comes from like me not understanding and not knowing what I want how do I want to prioritize it I felt like I need to prove something as well because th there was some pressure from not actually my family back home but like more of more of this whole motivation that I left school with that everyone was saying that I'm a dumbass that I'm just going to study mm -hmm. arts and and I was just like yo like leave me alone at that time but I think it like somewhere it resonated and it still mm -hmm. kept that negative thing going on and I was like yeah we'll prove everything you know and now I'm just like looking back and I'm like Jesus chill out just like take a nap or something you know nice but, but yeah so I was I was all over the place I was doing everything and and I wasn't able to like understand and as I said I'm still like going through that process but I feel much more where I should be. Yeah. I feel like also that, like, uh, I feel like you were doing it in the similar age that I did because of when you went to school, were you like 19, right? 18, when you did, yeah. 18, 19 to 21, right? You did yeah. your degree. I moved to London when I was 21 and just like at the 21 to 24, 5, you just go how and everything. You just do and you just keep going and you just basically kill yourself a little bit yeah. and then yeah. there is there comes a moment you're like, wait what am i actually doing and why yeah <laughs> because i've been just doing all of this stuff and what did it give me where can i go with it what can yeah. i do about it to be honest yeah i i think i very recently had a realization like not that recently but like a year ago let's say where i was like i just i just don't want to live like this I just don't want to live like this. It's mm. not serving me. And 
I'm not serving others when I'm like continuously overworked, stressed and and like as a close friend and also like we work together on like organizing some things like you for example see how certain situations make me feel tense or like how anxious I become and it's mm-hmm. because I don't have emotional resilience because I'm constantly tired and mm-hmm. and that's what I was like I just don't believe life is that so mm. right now I'm just like and nah. how did you when like what what happened for you when you left that full-time job and you became a full self mm. uh what do you mean self employed self employed yeah yes. um, you started working for yourself basically yeah um I think that was a big shift um it was a big shift because I then realized that I really like security and I was like I just did the opposite of that why did I do that so the first like month or two I had savings and I was like everything is gonna be okay but then uh cha-ching the same thing happened like before I I moved uh closer to the city center it became more expensive and I was like well I do not have a job right or I I had uh one job but I was like that is not enough to live in London and to feel financially secure and and for everything to be okay because in my head like if if there is like no savings no something that will keep me safe in like a bad day mm-hmm. I'm like ooh I don't I don't feel comfortable don't know about you guys but I don't feel comfortable so straight away I was again like I need to I need to find my way like to make myself feel comfortable in this mm-hmm. and yeah took a while Now, it didn't took you that long as well to find the, the job, right? Was no. it well, like a month, few weeks, whatever? Yeah. It kind of reminds me of the first time you said it, you panicked and within two weeks you find the job. Yeah, but I think so. this one was much more directed. Mm-hmm. Like much more directed because I was like... So I, I work as an assistant producer for Far From The Norm. And that company, like when I was in my, I think, second year of uni... Me and my course mate, um, we went to see them um, performing at Sadler's Wells, 20-minute um, piece of Black Dog uh, at that time. And my jaw just dropped. I was like, I was fully convinced. I was like, this is the future. I was like, oh my mm-hmm. God, this is the best company ever. Um, and since then, I followed their work. And I um, I also wrote my dissertation about Black Dog. And oh, so I was very know. like... I was very like, yo, like I look up to this company and like how they work, their style, etc. And I remember then I realized that I am good at helping, mm-hmm. like just generally supporting, helping someone's idea. And then they opened the position of assistant producer and I was like, I want to try, <laughs> you know. And yeah, now I'm working with them. And it, it was like, um, it was a very very big thing for me because I really wanted it like, yeah really and like it. like I've been watching that process as well so you guys don't even know but it's it's been so nice to watch the fact that this happened in that time as well like it was mm. a little bit meant to be for for a second because like you were saying that this is the job I really 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 want you did apply for some others as well right or like just just were looking at other things I was as well. looking at others but it was interesting like it was the end of summer I remember and And so many organizations like were dropping jobs and some of them were like really well paid and everything and or they were within an organization. Yeah. And I was looking at all of those applications and I was like, 
I should like apply to all of them. And then I was like, but do you really want to do these jobs? And I was like, no, I just want that one. And then I was like, okay, so just apply for that one. And then if you don't get it, you will figure it out. Yeah. Like you will. And and I did, and it was great. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so so nice as well, like the the fact that you sold the company, you knew them, and like you really wanted to work for them, and it kind of you know, like it just happened, like yeah, the universe I, just uh, yeah yeah hundred <laughs> put two and two together hundred yeah nice. How did it feel to switch that from from being a full time person and far away in another world zone five <laughs> to um, being here and. Still working crazy because it's London. We we have to work crazy in London. But how did you how did you feel when you started doing that? Um, free, more free. Like in a sense, like I'm not saying that it was like requiring less. Mm-hmm. Like it was still it was still work. It was still like learning to work with new people as well. Like learning new systems, understanding how things work, how people prefer. Um, to be communicated so like just basically just generally it's a new world right Mm -hmm. like when you're a freelancer i feel like everything is based on your network in some way like you you build trust and relationships with certain people and and it's it's beautiful in that sense because it's freeing you can you have more freedom to choose like which projects you work on and for me like it's very important to work on something i believe in because if i don't I'm not gonna do a good job, yeah. so that's why I'm not even, I'm not even taking projects I don't believe in. Mm-hmm. If if I can, no, like I do, like seriously, like the ones that I work on right now, I'm like, yes, this will be good. We yeah. will make it good, um, and I really hope that I don't have to do jobs which I don't believe in. Sick. Um, and I think one thing you said that is very important is that when you're a freelancer you work on your social network or just yeah. like network like it's very important and i think like we don't really talk about it enough us like self-employed dancers um I, I i would speak especially in the commercial industry it just kind of becomes like okay i'm gonna wait for my agent or i'm gonna go to the same places you know and just have the same people around me and sometimes you never know who you can meet in in a new place you know i believe like your, your network of people you know as a freelancer, self-employed is super important. And for me, it got me so much, so many jobs, so many opportunities just from meeting people from different, um, I don't want to say different aspects of that, different, I don't know, different worlds in dance, within dance, you know, different industries, different, um, I don't know, approaches to dance. You know, you go meet in a theater, in the commercial industry, in freestyle like you never know Mm. you never know basically Mm. and i feel like we are self-employed so it's very much on self yes people would like hire you for things here and there but you are the the product basically that you want people to get so you kind of need to be Mm. presentable to to different people yeah and i think like what we tend to do when when we are young in the industry when we don't understand the industry and i'm not saying that i fully understand it like my my world is much more like underground battles and um theater world and all of that jazz like i don't really dip into the commercial scene as you say but i think 
what I see many people and artists doing is like we stay within our circles mm-hmm. and that's a problem yeah. because if you need someone to fund your project you're not gonna find it yeah. in your dancer friends usually unless they're like rich for whatever reason because usually <laughs> they, they walked out of their circle <laughs> you know so that's the Open thing feel, <laughs> <laughs> but but that's the thing like we we should be thinking if tomorrow I want to work on this project let's say someone gives you money like who are you gonna work with like who will be your yeah videographer who will be your producer yeah. who can you ask for this support that support who can you pay for that it's like I don't know maybe that's a producer brain when you start when you start thinking oh I can rely on these organizations or I can get help here I yeah. can get support there I can get advice here just because like then you start navigating yourself very differently and as you said mm-hmm. think of yourself as a brand rather than yeah I'm just dancing and waiting for someone to hire me yeah we all know it doesn't work that way yeah. it's it's work it's like and I feel like a lot of times when we think like oh think yourself about yourself as a brand a lot of people have this like hair like just going like this at the back yeah because no I'm an artist I'm not a brand but you're you're what you do your artistic self is a brand in a way as well like you as a person your authentic self because people also hire you as a person they they Mm. they want you for your talent but they also rely on your how you work who you are what you can bring to the table so i feel like there's there's a there's a lot of aspects that if we want to work as a dancer we have to stop being this i'm just a dancer no you're I'm not you're like dance. you're amazing like that's the thing <laughs> exactly you're doing so many things own your freaking awesomeness and yeah. you know step step up the game as being like yes i'm great and i feel like i want to work from that so why don't i feel like this you know it's kind of like you want people to see you and want to hire you <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little but it's, bit but it's also like it's also where support comes in i guess yes. because mm-hmm. Because so many artists are amazing within their art and what they do, but they have no interest in like marketing themselves, making networks, and mm-hmm. they have amazing visions, but they don't know how to make them come true. Yeah. Right? Themselves. Or like yeah. they know how to make it come true, but like the logistics of it will step in your way. Yeah. And that's where producer comes in. Like the producer will yeah. be your bag of networks <laughs> as horrible as that horrible awesome. no that actually sounds really Epic. good <laughs> exactly good offer right so like you you kind of trust your producer to build the vision together with you i guess mm-hmm. um and from conversations between you two the producer understands where you want to go and then they will make it happen like that's that's how i see it of mm-hmm. course it's a long process it's not as easy as it sounds but um i think some of that work can be passed to other people once you like mm-hmm. grew your practice nice. um, and it comes at some point yeah and if you could say in like few sentences what does it mean to be a producer for dance i think there are so if we would look at producing like for me producing is making things happen like mm-hmm. that's the simplest explanation that i can give and in very different contexts the role is very different so mm-hmm. for example if you're working for a big organization or like you have maybe your own producing uh, I don't even know practice Mm -hmm. how to say it like you're a freelancer you have your own business whatever usually when you're very experienced I feel you start making visions Mm -hmm. rather than working on logistics so like 
you have a good knowledge right. of like how things work, but you're more like this artist needs to be there and this is how we will make it happen. But what what I do right now, for example, I take a lot of care of logistics and like working from the zero. So like building the first budgets, um, thinking of like where to get the first income, um, applying for funds, mm-hmm. for opportunities, for like um, funding. And so, so it's very different on the scale that you work in and on an organization that you work in. So it really depends and depends again in the industry. Mm-hmm. We have commercial, we have theater, right? We have any other type of representation that someone might want. And producer is different than like a PR or PA or mm-hmm. I think that sometimes people think that you can make a producer um, your PA in certain mm-hmm. contexts and PA is a personal assistant. And I'm like, it's not that. Like, mm-hmm. unless, unless someone is happy to do that, great. But it's not that. It's different. Um, so, yeah, depends. Awesome. And when did you, when did you start thinking that this is something like you want to do? Last summer. <laughs> I, I just started thinking about it last summer, then I got it. <laughs> no, no, it's not, it's not that I got it. It's like, I think, I think I was kind of doing bits of it and not understanding what the definition of it is. Yeah. And then I was like, oh. So, so what I do, uh, producers do that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, I need to learn more. But that's amazing what you just said. And I feel like this is what shows that sometimes life is like kind of the universe is doing things for us a little bit. Because mm. like even with me, with coaching, like I didn't even know I'm going to, I started doing it without knowing. And then I was the same, like, let me learn more about it, you know? Mm. Like, it's so amazing to like step into, step into this role and you guys don't know, but Gabby's talking about producing for one company, but she's, he, she's secretly producing like seven other things on the side <laughs> as well. So it's like, <laughs> it's not that it's just one thing. Yeah, it's it's multiple. But but I think, yeah, it's very, it's hard for me to, as you say, describe exactly what a producer is. It's it's hard yet for me to pinpoint like where I am. Like I'm very early in my career. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just learning a lot. I'm on a course right now hoping that it will help me um and yeah i'm just i'm very privileged to be around experienced producers and see how they think and how they work and learn from them like Mm -hmm. i think like working with lee for example is amazing because i can see like how how she makes decisions and how how she handles very difficult situations where i would just like go like this you know so it's it's training in process it's yeah training training awesome training i think like it was a nice thing to to hear about because i didn't even know that there is a job like this i didn't even know when i moved to london that you could do this i feel like for me this is very interesting because this is also another thing for me i'm i love organizing things as well so i think if my life will go differently there will be something i'll be also interested in so i think it's nice to find that there is more within dance than just to be a physical dancer if you are a physical dancer but you also have another interest like for example or another skills like organization or you're interested about it you like making shit happen yeah yeah. (laughs) this is this is a nice way you can go to and it's very it's something i can think about within your future you know because we all know that dance is gonna like you know at some point we're gonna be 40 and crunchy and you know (laughs) like it's there there is a moment that every dancer has like what am i going to do next right what am i going to do about it so I think it's nice to to see those different paths to to expand yeah. within what you do. Yeah, and and honestly, like 
because you are within an industry, you're surrounded by it, you know what's up, you know you know what's good, what's bad, what's legit, what's not. Like you, you start getting that understanding mm-hmm. which no one else has. Mm-hmm. So there is that there are actually so many roles within the industry and your knowledge is the knowledge that so many people from outside actually want, mm-hmm. which we don't realize because like big organizations are looking for things to be happening, right? And they want it to be legit. So yeah. they will go within the industry and try to hire consultants yeah. or advisors who have been around, who know what's up. And and like I'm just saying, like never disregard your knowledge of where you are. It's so important. And sometimes I'm like, people don't think that it's important to be a part of the community. And I'm like, that is like the best part about it because you're socializing, you're having fun, you're training and improving. And at the same time, you also have the inside. You know it. You mm-hmm. know it inside out, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think, yeah, that's very valuable. That's what I'm trying to say. I think this is a little mic drop and we're going to do a little break. Shabam. And we're back. <laughs> cool. So we talked a lot about um, what you do as a, in your job and what's your story, basically. <laughs> I want to know more about Gabby as a dancer. Because... Oh, Gabby is a phenomenal freestyler and I've been watching her grow for many years now and it's been amazing and if you see Gabby's video she just go ham like she looks so confident strong and powerful I love watching you dance every time and I just want to want to ask you like what do you did what did you have to overcome as a dancer so far on your journey on your journey still overcoming (laughs) like i think we all are to be honest like i think i think i still there is still so much like practicing to do in a sense that every time if i go for a battle or even ciphering sometimes is stressful but i go through this whole emotional challenge every time i guess like i get really anxious to Mm -hmm. be there and i think one of the things that i do i pretend that i'm like really like yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah you know but i'm not that i'm actually freaking out inside and like that's this a- is what i'm talking about it because like if you see her videos you're gonna see that power coming but yeah, i know you like, personally so i wanna yeah it's a fear it's a fear and that's how it reflects but so yeah so i think freestyling for me right now is joy right so mm-hmm. for me it's for me it's my free time and my my passion let's just say it. that's my hobby right so I I am still yet to figure out how to not lose myself every time I am on stage or like every time I'm in a battle. I think it's a bit different when I'm on a stage with a choreo in mind. I'm like, I just need to like not forget anything, which is again for me, like I'm I'm really struggling to retain choreo for whatever reason. I sometimes just like blank, go blank completely. Um and when there is a plan, I'm fine. But mm-hmm. like, because I feel like freestyling is so open, it's so honest and so vulnerable. I'm not yet able to like mentally overcome the whole idea of like being there fully myself. And and that's why sometimes like I employ, I think, different characters within me. Okay, and, that's awesome. And, and that's what helped my practice a little bit to be like, okay, so this music is giving me this character vibe. And I... I have some characters created in in my own head for my own like practice and freestyle and and I'm like okay 
this is what this character would do. Mm -hmm. This is what that character would do. And I think like sometimes that helps me to overcome my fear a little bit because I'm like, okay, like I'm acting like that character. So it's not me. It's like, it's them, you know? Uh So I'm like, (laughs) I can do whatever. Um, but, but yeah, I am, I am still in the journey, still very raw and That's overwhelmed. <laughs> Gabby's also training in 700 styles, so. Yeah. <laughs> Not 700, hip hop is my main Many. House. And then she goes through like splits and stuff. Splits. <laughs> yeah. No, but I remember we went together to this festival and we did the seven to smoke with the girls. And Gabby smashed everyone 700 times, no, seven times. Mm-hmm. And I think what I wanted to ask you, for example, in that moment, because you won this one and obviously you smashed it, how did you, how did you feel then on stage? It was, it was cute. I it think. was cute, she says. It was cute, but it was also... <laughs> she won. It was cute. Yeah, it was, it was cute to win just because at that point I was at like a big breaking point just generally in my life because I remember I was like, I just uh, quit one job. I was jobless at that point. Like that was my big transition from like um, one company to another, and and I was just like I was I was so like I just I had to win. I was like I really need to win because like I seriously need the prize, and and also I just I was just ready. Yeah. But but at the same time I was like there were so many amazing dancers in that seven to smoke, you know, and because the the audience got judged. I was like, you can never know how like legit this is, but but also I was just like, you know what? Don't take away gonna, from your win. You I'm won it. Own it. it. Yeah. I'm just gonna take but it. But so nice that you said it was like it was a little bit connected to what was happening in your yeah. in your personal too. That okay, like I I need this, and you were honest with yourself, and that's super yeah. sick, you know. Because sometimes we like like tiptoeing around the thing, like oh, be nice to win, be nice to do something, yeah. but like to really. Yeah. Like, I think I do that a lot. I'm always like, oh, oh, like, I'm so afraid to lose sometimes mm-hmm. that I'm just like, yeah, like, I don't, I don't really care if, <laughs> if this happens. I care. Like, if I, if I do something, usually I care very deeply. Mm-hmm. And, and I think by, by creating this, like, oh, if that doesn't happen, then that's okay. I give up already. Mm. And I think that that happens for me that. every time. Like, for example, when I'm going into battles, I now have this mindset of, like, overcome yourself. So, for example, if I if I can keep my cool through yeah. a whole round and understand what I was doing instead of just, like, blanking and then getting out of the battle and being like, yeah. I don't even remember what I did. Like, that for me is a win already. So, okay. it's very different. But I think, again, when you do your homework mm-hmm. and when you are ready and you still, like, sometimes have this, like... No, I will not win, you know, like I, I prepared so hard, but like I, I I might win, I might not. I think like that that is my problem and maybe someone will resonate with this as well because I think I sometimes make myself lose because before I even like took a shot. So I'm like, I already missed. Bored. I already missed before I even yeah. took Yeah, it's so, so cool what you said. And I think like it's dance-wise, it's life-wise, everything. You know, like we, we sometimes stop ourselves with this sabotaging thinking, you know, rather than visualizing ourselves winning, yeah. we try to protect ourselves from even thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's painful. Like yeah. it's, it, it feels shit to lose, right? But like nothing changes really. Yeah. <laughs> so I would rather think that I will succeed 
from now on, you know? I'm like, I would rather think that I will succeed because, like, I know how losing feels anyway. So I'm not gaining anything new. Yeah. So that's fine. It makes, <laughs> that me, can yeah, go. it makes me think a little bit about like competition as an opportunity, right? Someone's organizing a competition. So it's giving you opportunity to win something, right? It's an opportunity that someone gives you in your hand. If you start like being afraid of this opportunity of winning because you have to do something to get there, it's, it's, it's that little internal sabotage, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 100. And sometimes you even win and you're still sabotaging yeah. yourself. Yeah, that's the same. So yeah, it's a funny one, man. I think I think in dance there is a certain amount of like physical training that you can do, right? And you can always get physically better. But the mental aspect, man, it's ev- like for me, I'm hitting my ceiling because like I'm not gonna progress physically until I sort this out. So that's what I'm on. That's what I'm on. This is what we on here. This is the best way to finish this because that's what we on here. Yeah, <laughs> about the mental training and it really unlocks everything. And then, like, oh my god, like I can I can talk about it for hours. But the more the more you unlock new doors in your head, that everything starts to connect. Even with my dance as well, I feel the same. It was always something in the brain that was stopping me or something I was doing to myself with unconsciously, you know, to make it conscious, then switch it. You know, that's another work because there's set, there's, there's a amount of things you can do physically, you know, like I've been training for, for 20 over years, whatever, and I still do, but I needed something next level. I needed to this to be more brain stimulating, you know? And as soon as I figure out that this is all connected, it just opened a new world. Yeah. That's why we have. That's why we have these conversations. That's why there's a space to elevate. That's why there is everything you can find within the platform, I guess, and around me. <laughs> Hopefully. Exactly. So thank you so much for coming into the living room. <laughs> well, it was a nice journey from nice. my room. Look like at it. what five meters. Lovely. <laughs> Um, thank you guys for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this. Next week, you're going to hear a little bit more from my mind, I guess. I don't know what we're going to do. We'll see. Um, but yeah, if you like it, make sure you let Ash know with the like button, I guess, if there is one on YouTube. There is one on YouTube. On Spotify, you can you can give some stars, I guess. Well, I'm super great at like promoting my stuff. <laughs> Basically, if you like it, let me know or let other people know so we can share it and we can all grow together. I think that's the best way to end it. Thanks for having me. See you again soon. Bye.